Thanks for tuning in to another episode of SNTR Presents. If you're listening to this or watching on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. This one's going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about trials going on hiatus. You guys can submit questions live in the chat with exclamation point question. Great new format that works very, very well. Doesn't have to be about trials going on hiatus. It could be about anything Destiny related. So, I'm going to take the first question here from Vazer. says, what's going to happen with all our tokens? Is it viable to keep and let go? I would keep them and use them whenever the DLC comes out. And, and here's my reasoning. You're still going to be able to get your rep when you turn them in. But, but, tokens on the planets and are, are going away. They basically said uh, rare materials, like the rare resources on the planets, like when you go to gra- grab like the glass or whatever and you get a blue version the rare versions are going away and the tokens are going now now tokens still might be showing up for different things iron banner you know vanguard crucible etc but planetary materials are going to be your primary source of rep gains your primary source of rep gains on the planets the tokens will also grant you rep gains the reason i would wait you don't know what rep gains are going to do in Season 4. What if grinding rep gains on Nessus gets you access to some really, really dope stuff, mods, shaders, etc., and you blow all your tokens ahead of time? The thing that you could be doing right now is grinding for the resources, and the tokens, obviously, but grinding for the resources. Just fill your coffers, because, again... We don't know what the conversion rate's going to be. We don't know what leveling up's going to be. Like, when I saved all my Vanguard tokens, and then all of a sudden, Season 3, it was like, hey, if you hit rank 50 with Zavala, you get this really cool ship. And I was like, cool, token, 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 token. I just started shoving tokens in his face. Something very similar could happen in Forsaken, where you're going to be really glad you have all those EDZ, Nessus, IO uh, tokens, or Mercury, Mars, etc., Uh, Titan. If you have tokens for all those planets, I would just save them. I would just save them. And whenever it's the flashpoint, put on a ghost, grab as many resources as you can, because, you know, the conversion rate on those resources right now is absolute garbage. You turn in, like, one resource, and, I mean, it barely moves the line. You can turn in ten resources, and it barely moves the line. I'm assuming conversion rate on resources, these are going to be, you get way more when you grab some, and you're also going to be getting them from patrols and stuff, or whenever you turn them in, you get a better conversion rate. Like, one of the two is going to be going on. So, I would recommend saving. Just like I said, save the mods. We don't know what they're going to do with the mods. Breaking them down and getting mod components or selling them to the gunsmith in, you know, post Forsaken, it could be exactly the same conversion rate. It could not be. Saving them is probably not going to hurt you. Fat Hotshot, uh, is the ramen quest that might happen an introduction to Forsaken? It could be. It could be. It could be the beginning of, it could be the beginning of Cade not being in the tower. In about an hour, we're going to see if this, if this quest turns into something that you know reddit's been combing over and apparently people are theorizing it's going to be coming today uh you know at reset and that could be the introduction to forsaken Cade could just leave the tower and say i'm a, i gotta go do something i gotta go do a mission here's so and so they're gonna they're gonna take care of you that'd be a pretty cool beginning of remember when i said it'd be cool if it was raining in the tower near the end of destiny one just set the tone there's like a storm coming it could be pretty cool to between now and forsaken we don't deal with kate anymore he's gone he's on mission that'd be kind of neat uh berserk says berserk r2 says is it better to run all seven rounds of escalation protocol every time and take the drop chance increase or is it better to farm the final two rounds i 
I would just farm it the right way and get the increased drop. That's what I would do. People that said they've been running it normal have been getting it after five or six, seven drop, like seven attempts. You know, you're every single time you finish it, you're getting a drop rate increase. You're you're not really playing the you're not really playing the odds if you're just constantly running the bottom two. I think you're playing the odds if you beat it and don't get it and get that bump. Uh Amo uh, Genji. Uh, Genji says, do you think Trials should go back to 3v3 with the new time to kill changes? I think 3v3 would prevent some of the lane camping and choke point watching that could be so problematic with the increased TT... Oh, I'm sorry, the decreased TTK. I said increase a lot uh, earlier. Um, with the decreased TTK. However, I think 4v4 works very, very well for Countdown, but I don't know. Is 4v4 and Countdown just not gonna work with... The really really quick TTK. It could potentially it could potentially just not work, and then they might just have to they just might have to shelve that game mode and go back to three v three elimination. I know a lot of people wanted to go back to just classic three v three elimination. That might work with TTK. You have an opportunity then to get a double, to win your one, to you know pull off something great, and I think that's when the game could maybe get back to that saucy hero moment feel that it currently doesn't have. I don't know what the solution is for trials, but I'm glad that they didn't just turn it into a garbage heap and say, well, you guys wanted all this stuff. You wanted faster TTK, you know. Alpha J Dog, since we're getting collections back, can I delete most items? You can. I'm not doing that. If you, like, I don't know, if you're confident that you can get the items back, then. Go ahead and do it. I'm always a little worried that something's going to happen, some kind of a glitch. Some kind of a glitch is going to prevent you from getting the items back. Now, I also will say this. I said this the other day. People are like, I'm going to grind for one, you know, one element type of all, like, I want three Manana Nans. The reality is, you are not going to get a scout in Forsaken that doesn't automatically, at a ground level, outclass, outclass the Manana Nans. The Manana Nan is going to have just two active perks. By default, any any scout in that archetype that drops in Forsaken is going to have the uh, the three active perks, and then you can take it up to Masterwork it, and then you can add, and then you can add a perk with with the mod system. So, given that reality, I just don't think a month after Forsaken, you're like, man, I'm so glad I saved three Manana Nans. I'm so glad I saved three uh, Midnight Coups. I, I don't think you're going to be using the old gear, not because they've invalidated, like, oh, it's, go, it's all garbage and it gets left behind. I think the new stuff's just going to be that much more significantly stronger. It's just pure, it's just pure math. Mathematically, if I have three active perks plus a perk from the mod, I have double the perks. So unless they give us just absolute garbage perks on the new guns, which I don't think they're going to do, that'd be weird. Here's all the new gear and the the perks are trash. We wanted to keep the old guns viable. Um, I don't I don't see that. I don't see that happening. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of emphasis the next couple of weeks on what do I save, what do I keep, oh, I need this element, I need that element. Save what you want to save, but don't, I would I wouldn't stress. I would not stress. I would just enjoy, you know, stacking up maybe resources and tokens and getting ready and, um, you know, save what you think you're really gonna want. But keep in mind you might not be using it in a month. 
or king ruler do you think armor exotics are going to have masterworks more than likely they will because armor is going to have perks again which is very exciting uh very very exciting and so i think that masterworking armor is probably going to do something very similar where we add the perk that we want which would make me pretty excited i would love some detail from bungie so i don't want to speculate too much and accidentally spread false information all we know is that the armor will have perks i don't know if bungie has said anything about masterworking the armor we're masterworking it now so i would assume that would continue they're not going to regress the armor system if they're adding perks, they're not going to be like, yeah, we added perks, but you can't masterwork it anymore. Because masterworking gives you that, um, gives you that resistance to, in while you're in your super. I think they even said during the combat stream, we're not in masterworked armor. They were dying really fast in their super. So I think they even hinted at the fact that masterworking armor will be a continued thing. Um, and this says, will exotics have masterworks? Oh, exotic armor have masterworks. Again, I think I think so. I think that they that the catalyst on the exotic guns is be, is becoming like a, a pretty cool standard thing that people like pursuing. And obviously, the strike drop rate's really low, but they're they're definitely they're definitely changing that up. Like the way they did the whisper was really really cool. So I would love to see them do that. I would love to see them say, okay that you know each armor each exotic piece of armor is going to have its own catalyst that that can then be found and you know turned it into a masterwork and then makes it you know a little bit better the only dilemma they would have is some of the master some of the exotic armor is already just insane when used properly so i'd be curious what they would do um they said no masterwork exotic armor in the Game Informer article 113 questions. There's our answer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So they answered 113 rapid fire questions with Game Informer and one of them the answer was in fact no there will not be any masterwork exotic armor in Forsaken. So would have been a cool opportunity but as I was just kind of saying I don't know what the frick they would add because some of the armor is so so strong uh, that it, it could have gotten kind of uh, absurd. So to a certain extent, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. That do, I'm not surprised by that. It would have been, a, I think, it would have been a difficult thing uh, to balance. And if not balance, it would have been a difficult thing to make anybody care about. Like if it was such a marginal difference or improvement, I don't think a lot of people would have cared. So, Poro on head. What changes do you think we'll most likely see in trials? Three v three elimination returning. I already touched on this, so yeah, I think a three three v three elimination is what everybody wants. I wouldn't be surprised if countdown just goes away, which is sad because it's such a fun game mode, I think they're going to work really, really hard to keep Countdown in the mix. I don't think they're going to want to shelve Countdown. It was... I Honestly, I think it was one of the better new game modes they've added in a really, really long time. And I would love to see it... I would love to see it continue and come back in a good way and not and not get not get left left out estimated profit what are your final thoughts on solstice i personally love the grind and it got me to interact with aspects of d2 that wouldn't have regularly two thumbs up matchmaking for the redux missions should have been in place for solo players because the redux missions were so difficult i don't think matchmaking for those is asking too much i think that's a reasonable request I also think that I also think that they maybe could have considered using more than just the same campaign mission so that you play them that many times. You know, once for the green, once for blue, once for purple. It probably would have been nice uh, to not to not do it that way. 
And I think in the future, if they do something like this, using more campaign missions would be a good idea. I've said for a very long time they don't get enough capital out of their campaigns. This is a great way of getting more capital out of their campaigns. Uh, estimated profit with another one. Um, the fly landed on it, so it didn't get, it didn't get eaten. Uh, I personally love the grind. Uh, Freaking autocorrect. Oh, you didn't have to do that. Uh, Fat Hotshot says, what is the first exotic you want to get in Forsaken? I'll be honest. The trace rifle that puts the stuff on the ground looks uh, looks really fun. That or the rocket launcher with the two rockets. The, the the trace rifle that puts the stuff on the ground and causes an explosion looks really, really fun. I want way more trace rifles in the game. I've consistently said that trace rifles are the most underutilized uh, item in the game. You could have a an arc an arc trace rifle that if you hold it long enough on a given target it does a, like a crazy chain lightning uh, void could do like a mini tether you know again you gotta hold it long enough solar could do damage over time you know and so I, I would love to see them I would love to see them do more with trace rifles so this one that you can like put a beam on the ground that then explodes looks very it's very very cool uh, ninja wave says uh, would a raid where the boss can be fought first, but at the cost of more enemies, thus making a challenge for people with dynamic within the raid be successful? I mean, that would be a very weird way to create dynamics in a raid to be like, well, if you fight him first, there's more enemies. I generally think raids that have a linear feel are the most exciting. They're procedurally difficult. Your intro is kind of wild, kind of saucy, you know. Vosik has entered the field. Like, I, I love that. I That was such a fun opener. As we figured it out, I remember just being like, this is so great. This is so cool. Um, I remember when, when Wrath of the Machine went to the hard mode, just loving the changes and being excited and be like, Bungie, you know, this is so good. I remember pointing at the camera and being like, Bungie, oh, this is so good. I love what you're doing. I want I want to recapture that. And I think... I think a linear, I think a linear raid does a better job with that. Like it's it's a procedurally difficult environment where you go from one thing to the next. You know, I like it. I think that I think that adds to the experience. New Men says I haven't played D two in a while. Checked out Solstice and I like the grind, but I feel like I'm falling behind. Do you think I can catch up in the next few weeks? Uh, and I have still uh, till Forsaken. Love the content. Thanks for keeping us entertained throughout the day. No problem. I would say you have time. It's like 12 hours per character. So you have plenty of, of days left. The question is, how many hours per day can you put in? You know, try and find some buds and just try and do certain things as fast as possible. Um, but yeah, you have time. You have time. The question's not time. The question is, how much time do you personally have to put in? Uh, Enviro. As D1 Trials player that hasn't, as a D1 Trials player that hasn't enjoyed Trials at all in D2, I want to see 3v3 and modified game type. Do you think they will draw from what made Trials successful in D1? What would work in D2 within the new TTK changes? Yeah, we've already touched a little bit on why 3v3 elimination I think would be better if TTK is fast and snipers and shotguns are back. Because that makes, that makes like picks and kills and, and collapsing just more exciting if you remember that i mean remember watching people play trials like uh, gotta pick gotta pick go 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 and they would collapse that was always a real exciting time because sometimes it would go poorly for them they'd rush in somebody would get domed on the way in somebody get stuck with a grenade somebody'd pop a super you know and 
I think that could definitely return with 3v3, and I don't know if map design would be... I don't know if map design would hurt that much. Like, if you imagine playing 3v3 elimination, and you want a team shot and sit in a lane, that's a risk, right? You're both sitting in the lane. You're both just sitting there. Well, if you're both just sitting there, that's a nice, that's a nice easy grenade spam. That's a nice, easy, you know... Oh, where's the other player? They're isolated. I think team shotting is is a little bit more rare in that kind of an environment because it it in, to a certain extent it puts you at a disadvantage. You're both just sitting on top of each other, kind of holding hands, and it can cause problems. They throw a grenade on you. They destabilize you. Maybe you get flanked because you're watching one choke point. Watching one choke point in three v three can be detrimental to your map control. It can totally ruin your map control. 4v4, I mean, two people can watch a choke and these two people can watch a choke. Like, you have this nice, even Steven distribution of eyes. And I don't know. It just, and especially with Countdown, one team has to push in. They have to. They don't have a choice. They can't be like, nah, we're just going to sit back. You're going to lose. You're going to lose if you do that. So, countdown is 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 great in 4v4 i don't think it's going to be great with ttk going faster and you know snipers and shotguns being in the mix on on the regular i think i think it's potentially going to wreck a game mode like countdown um so next question ogre lord 9000 what class are you playing first in forsaken i don't know that titan that Titan Slam looks really, really fun. The Superman Titan Slam, it looks really, really fun. Um, I feel like they didn't... They When I read the description, I was kind of like, uh, and then I saw them use it, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, it kind of changed my mind. The other supers all sound great, but that, that Titan Slam sounds like an absolute blast. I love Titan... Warlock 2. Warlock's always a good time. I love Nova Bomb, so running as a, a Warlock and getting that new, you know, stealthy, you know, super where they disappear and, like, kind of, like, blow up things around them. It reminds me of phase walking in Borderlands 1 with Lilith. So. Aaron3401. Uh, with the changes coming... With the changes coming of power gap enabled, do you think this is a way Bungie might have to forcing hardcore PvP players to play other content? Not saying that they don't play the content, but maybe it might make them uh, do it, play it more than they do now. D- that's that's always the thing. That's always the thing. Clinton says the correct answer is Warlock. That's always a thing. Whenever whenever content first comes out, the PvP guys all have to grind PvE. That, that's not abnormal. That's been in place for a long, long time in Destiny. They grind like crazy, they get leveled up, they get all their stuff, and then they start going and playing Crucible. And then they might find out that a certain weapon, Grasp of Malak Farms with Triple, and, you know, I remember Crafty trying to get the sniper from the Queen in that, in that final, like, the landing of the plane of D1. Those are things that always happen. That always happens, and I don't think Forsaken's going to be any exception to that, so. Uh, Lashad82, I played D2 since launch on Xbox, and I have most everything done and accomplished. Is the PC experience worth redoing everything? If you can switch to PC and have people to play with, I I think so. If you're going to switch to PC and you, you get accustomed to the sweet frames and the FOV 
and then you have to go back to console, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to do that. The one time I went back to console, I I'm not kidding you, I got a headache. I got an actual headache. I got headaches when I played God of War. I got headaches when I played God of War because I the, the, the lower frame rate and the lower FOV it messed with my head I just got used to PC game performance so I would only switch to PC if you know you're going to main PC don't switch to PC if you feel like you're going to periodically be going back to console I wouldn't do that I would not do that if you've got friends you can play with on PC and you're going to play it mainly there I think the experience and the graphics 100% make playing on PC worth it uh, Dr. Budster says, I have been out of the Destiny info loop for some time, but do you think we will see a return of Crucible and Trials armor perks? Example, increased weapon reload speed, sliding further, increased running speed when the last Guardian standing. Th- th- that, that's a potential. That's a potential. We know that we know that we saw a perk that was like, I think it was you do more damage, but you, you can take more damage in the Dreaming City. I think, it's, I think it even had a location-specific uh, signifier to the perk. I don't know if they're going to do that in Crucible. I don't. I don't know if they're going to do that in Crucible. I think. I think that they should, but they have to be very careful. Anytime the rich get richer, you can hurt your engagement and you can hurt player perception. Even if, even if adept perks on armor are marginally influential. It doesn't matter if the perception is it gives a it gives an advantage people will complain even if the advantage is so so marginal right that the hardcore player likes it because they're they they they're, they play a lot in that that min maxing side of their brain like yeah I have the absolute best loadout that the you know tier 12 I have the reload that I like I slide a little bit further with these boots so I you know I run this shotgun and kind of get closer to people uh, I have this chest piece, like the hunter chest piece, right? I'm gonna wear these boots that give me increase, you know, slide, and then this chest piece gives me two shade steps, and I'm gonna run a shotgun. I'm just gonna push people all day long. That's great for the hardcore player, but again, if the if if the casual or the average player, you know, feels as if, man, you just keep giving all the best stuff to them. Now the pushback, and I think the proper response from people would be. Well, if everybody has access to the armor, then it shouldn't be a problem. It mainly becomes a problem in trials when someone who grinds trials like an insane person every weekend goes flawless all the time. They get completely decked out with all the best armor and all the best guns. Well, they're already more experienced than I am. You know, they're already more likely to win the game. And now they're even more likely to win the game because you've given them gear, you know, gear perk advantage over me so it's not easy it's something to consider I would say yes I would always go on the side of saying players need to be rewarded for their time really really good players in trials should be rewarded like people are like are you going to go for the Redrix I'm like no and to a certain extent I said I'm, I'm happy to not have one I'm happy to not have a Redrix I don't deserve a Redrix. I don't play Crucible that often I shouldn't be able to complain about like oh I should just get it cause like that's not I don't I don't deserve to get one the same degree that somebody doesn't play a lot of trials or somebody that doesn't play a lot of raids they don't deserve the best gear you know for those environments and those encounters either so next question is from Mr. Anderson Mr. Anderson do you think they made it to where you only have radar when looking down your sights 
Oh, do you think if they made it to where you only have radar when you're looking down the sights? I never actually thought about flipping it around. That's really interesting. I don't know if that would work, though. I mean, you talk about wanting to really, really promote lane camping and choke point watching. That's what people would do. They would rush. They would rush to the spot, and they would just sit there and look down the lane and have radar the whole time. I mean, that would really motivate choke point watching. Now, if we take your idea and my idea and we combine them where you look down your sights and you get like a periodic ping and it's and it's not super fast maybe maybe that's what they should do right i want to i'm going to take your idea and i want to add it to mine but in a different way it should be a pinging radar like sonar so it's not constantly telling you where people are and whenever you aim down sight the pings slow down the pings slow down so if i'm sitting here watching this door with my scout out it's putting me at a disadvantage you're slowing down how often those pings show up you know, to dissuade people from just hard scoping lanes with snipers, you know, with scouts, etc. If you dissuade people from hard scoping, you would maybe limit a lot of that just locked on, locked on to the to, to the to the to the choke point in the lane, and it might turn into, oh, I took this guy by surprise. You know, he was hard scoping. He didn't know which way I went. I went over to this side and I got a pick. Hard scoping would be very, very frowned upon. They'd be like, dude, quit hard scoping. Like, you're getting really slow pings on radar. You can't adequately watch a choke point. So then people with quicker target acquisition would be rewarded. And that's when you start to feel that skill is rewarded. And that's how it should be. So. TGAT94. What weapons are you ensuring you have all three elements? I'm not doing that. As I said earlier, I don't think you're going to be using any of the vanilla weapons. I think two to three weeks into Forsaken, you're not going to touch a single dadgum weapon from vanilla. You're not going to care. You're going to have guns with cooler rolls. You're going to have guns that you've invested in with mods, with masterworks, and they're not. none of the year one weapons are going to even compare. You're going to look at your weapons from year one with only two active perks, and then you're going to pull out any gun that you get from Forsaken with three active perks and a fourth perk from a mod, and you're like, wow, it has literally double the perks. Why would I ever go back and grab this these guns from the vault or the collection so uh lewis cpk do you have a cross save between console and pc at some point oh do you do you see cross save coming at some point i don't know i would love that i mean i would love pve cross play at the bare minimum i would take cross save so i don't know if the raid's really good and we really like running it i suppose periodically we could do we could say, all right, for milestone celebrations, Lona will boot up the Xbox and use his cross save to play with the Xbox homies. I mean, that's again, that's headache inducing. The lower frame rate, the lower FOV. I'm I'm not kidding. It genuinely gives me a headache. Uh, I would be willing to do that though for you know celebrations and community celebrations and stuff. Cross save would enable me to do that. So. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono. I barely played Trials in D1, but still see it as vital to the overall health of Destiny. Do you think Bungie will give Trials the hobbyist treatment that Forsaken is giving PvE to win back its core audience? Thanks, as always. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, if that's their goal, and if that's kind of their the mantra right now, I could see them saying, you know, what's what's the player base doing? They're going to watch the player base. You know, what's the player base saying that do go into the competitive playlists? And then they may just make adjustments accordingly. They may give us, you know, some Crucible Labs testing to do just to see if they can, you know, just to see if they can 
figure out how to approach that environment and give that hobbyist crucible player what they want uh jake jake honey says would you like to see trials stick to the nine aesthetic or revert back to osiris egyptian theme i don't necessarily care about that i mean that i think either way it's fine i do think the egyptian theme was pretty awesome i also think the egyptian theme fits more um, and then, you know, they had different plans for Osiris and they did different things with him. Uh, either way, I'm fine. I think the color aesthetic of the nine is very cool. Some of the coolest shaders in the game. I love the way the guns, the guns remind me, the guns remind me of like the alien guns, uh, from Borderlands, you know, with the symbols on the side and stuff. I love this. I think that's such a cool looking gun. So I love the trials gear. The Red Raptor. Do you think turning in planetary bounties could be a good opportunity to introduce planetary exotic bounties or quests like from D1? Turn in the bounties uh, for a random chance, ex- an exotic quest or an exotic bounty. Here's the thing I'm not a big fan of exotic quest lines being random. I'm just not. If you give it to me or you time gate it or I have to do certain things to unlock it, I'm fine with that. I'm 100% fine with that. But for. <laughs> For it to be random like that, I, I don't appreciate that, especially if it's an exotic that's super, super powerful the way the thorn was. And then if you couldn't get the if you couldn't get the bounty, then that was that that was it for you. You know, there was nothing you could do. You just kinda had to keep waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, there were people that just could never get the bounties to drop. Now the drop rate for some people, I mean, I don't know, it almost seemed bugged at some points. that I think is something to look at if you're going to do an RNG bounty drop for exotics I'm not a fan of that, I'm just not now if you hit a certain rank with a certain NPC and then that turns on the possibility of it dropping and the drop rate's pretty decent I'd be okay with that I'd be okay with that Um, because I think that would create that, oh, oh, once you hit this level, let's grind, 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 grind grind. once we hit that level you know, it's going to open it up and I'll probably get that, that exotic bounty to show up because right now, I think leveling up your NPCs is nobody. Nobody cares. Nobody's really even trying or attempting to. Um. Uh, a quest star says, a quest star says, haven't been around much. Don't know if uh, deep into the lore, but I want to ask if you think they're going to replace Cade as the Hunter Vanguard. Do you think they'll uh, do that into uh, the add into the new Vanguard? How long until they wait until they add a new Vanguard in? They're going to do a couple of things. This is my theory. These are some of my possible theories. I think I think that they either they could replace him with a statue, right? They could replace him with a statue. Like he doesn't need an actual person to replace him. He doesn't need a person to replace him. And then we just go to the statue for our flashpoints. They could replace him with Shiro. I think if they're going to replace him with a person, Shiro is probably the most likely candidate. Uh, he's already been in the game. He's a hunter. We've already dealt with him before, you know, as an NPC. So I can see that happening as well. And somebody said statue confirmed, by the way, in chat. I've heard people saying that there is going to be a Cade statue in in, in the, uh, the tower. That kind of makes me think it's going to just be a statue, kind of like how you go up to the statue for the Solstice of Heroes and you interact with it, and and then there's and then there's your menu, right? I definitely think that could be a re- that could be the way they do it. So, one of those, one of those. I don't think it's going to be Ephrodite. I don't think it's going to be Petra. I don't think it's going to be any of those people. I think it's either going to be Shiro or the statue. 
Lord of Time, do you think Solstice of Gear will get perks? Uh, no. Omar, I didn't understand the new loot system. Is the only way to max level will be to do harder activities like raids? Okay, so yeah, this is a little confusing because we don't, they didn't outline every single path that you can take to leveling up. They only outlined strikes and they basically said strikes are 300, 400, and 500. They said once you're 40 levels over a given activity, it becomes inaccessible. So once you're at 440, you can't do the 400 strikes anymore. Well, where am I going to go to level up? Well, there's going to be these things called challenges now. Milestones are becoming challenges. So you'll look on your map and you'll be like, if I go to this planet and do this challenge or strikes or crucible, whatever activity has the little yellow challenge symbol, you'll go do that and get a powerful engram. They also said there are going to be other activities in the world that afford you powerful rewards to help you level up that they're just not outlining and they're going to let the players discover on their own. Some of that might be Spider, the new NPC, because he has the Outlaw Bounties, the Outlaw Bounties tier, and you can't do some of them right away. You won't be strong enough. That's going to take you to an Outlaw Lost Sector where the boss is significantly harder with mechanics and they can drop something powerful. Like There's going to be a litany of ways to level up. I think when people looked at strikes and they saw that layout, they're like, well, what am I going to do once I'm 440 or 450? Do I have to then go do strikes 50 power levels under? If you do things in your under level, they did say you're, you know, you're, the the drop, the things that drop are going to be far more rewarding. Um, but I, I think that I think there's going to be a litany of ways for you to level up. You're not going to feel like you have to run strikes. Uh, Doc Steaming TV. I am Blade D2 since Osiris. What's the best way to ease myself back in and catch up? Just do your milestones, do your flashpoints, you know, do some things, grab some bounties from shacks, run some strikes, you know, try out different weapons. I don't, don't, don't just like. Don't stress over everything. Just play, have fun, just get familiar with the game again. That's what I would do. Uh, HFK Eagle. Do you think they will retroactively add armor perks to exotic armor, or do you think all exotic armor will just have perks other than exotic perks? Uh, exotic armor is not getting masterworks, confirmed by the Bungie Q&A, where they answered 113 rapid-fire questions. And exotic armor is already so strong and influential, it honestly doesn't need anything done to it. It just doesn't. What are you, you going to do to Lion's Rampant? What are you going to do to... Orpheus rigs or Ophidian aspects. They're they're fine as they are. Siulano uh, says this might be off topic for someone that is new at Destiny. Is it better to jump in the game now or release a Forsaken before it all changes? I've consistently said that a lot of what they're doing, a, a lot of what they're doing in Forsaken to improve the game is gonna be is gonna be more meaningful to an invested player. If you start fresh in September, beginning of the game to end, I don't know if a lot of the improvements and changes are really going to land on you and feel awesome. You're going to be like, yeah, this is just this is just a really nice Destiny game, right? I do think, however, if you get invested, grind some characters up, get some gear, get some of the cool gear, experience what double primary feels like, once some of those changes land, being able to put guns where you want, being able to have guns that drop with way more perks and mods, etc., you know, RNG grind for the best roll on the gun, then an investment grind to leveled up masterworks and put a mod on it. Like all those things in Forsaken, you're gonna think, oh wow, this this is good. This is so much better. My characters now I have more options. My loadout's cooler, the guns are cooler, oh these new supers are really cool. I almost feel like you're gonna get you're gonna just get it's gonna be like trying to drink from a fire hose if you just start in September. Uh you're you're gonna you're gonna feel like you're 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 biting off more than you can chew simply because I mean think about it nine new supers all right 
there's already nine supers in the game. You know what I'm saying? So three supers per per you know per person, one per subclass, and then nine new supers are landing on the game in in September. So yeah, I would definitely play now. I would definitely invest now. Get a couple characters, maybe with just one character all the way grinded up. Sergeant Slaughter, Lono, do you think if Bungie hits it out of the park with the changes to trials that they could lure guys back like Lupo, Wish You Luck, Crafty? Who are really deep into Fortnite. I can't see anything other than Epic making some big mistake to bring those guys back to Destiny. Well, I mean, you gotta consider a lot of their decision making. They're both a gamer and a streamer, okay? So Jesse and Sam uh, and Ben are all they're all gamers but they're also streamers and they have to consider that when they're making their decisions. And they're signed to teams, they're gonna have commitments they have to stay fresh, they have to stay sharp in Fortnite. I don't think they will ever come back to to a significant degree. I think they'll dip their toes in. I think they'll do segments. I think they'll do segments. You know, Jesse will come back and play with Goth. Oh my gosh, they've not played in ages. All the jokes will come back. All the laughs, you know, whatever. That'll be that'll be legendary. Everybody would tune in and want to watch that. You know. So as far as them playing to the degree that they did before, the commitments that they had before, no, because they have new commitments and new things now that matter to them and so I think you're just going to see those changes um they, they, they're, they're, you know, they're under contract they put in so much time, they practice, there's tournaments they have to play in, scrimmages probably that'll start happening if that's even a poss- you know, a possibility if they start to get the private environment that, you know, Myth has been asking them for I, I, yeah, you're going to, you're going to see, you're going to see those guys always come back, tip their hat to destiny, have fun with destiny. They'll play the campaign. They'll be here. They'll high five us and say, Hey, what's up? And then they'll go back to Fortnite. And I think that's totally fine. I like, I've said this numerous times. Like when I saw Sam, uh, get signed, uh, to CGL, wish you luck. When I saw him get signed and I, well, I knew he had gotten signed. I didn't know with who I didn't want to pester him and ask. I, I didn't want to like, Hey, hey who'd you sign with? Well, I saw that. I was thrilled. I saw his new profile picture, his new banner picture in the announcement. I legit felt happiness for him because seeing your friends have these awesome opportunities. Like Sir Demetrius and I aren't even like really, really good friends, but he's, you know, he's a homie and we've interacted and I, I, I saw him at Guardian Con said, what's up, you know, and seeing him get into, you know, 100 Thieves and, get, you know, Lupo, Captain a Rogue and all that stuff. Like, I'm so excited for all of them. That's awesome. I love seeing my friends be successful, and that success comes at a cost. They can't, they can't just come back and be like, "Yeah, dude, we're just gonna stream Destiny all day, every day." Woo! Like that's just not gonna be a thing that happens. I don't even think Destiny could ever be even that tempting. I think it'll definitely bring them back for fun, but not for not for long periods of time and, and, and big commitments. So, um. All right, there's only two questions left, so if you didn't get to submit a question, you can submit it now in chat. Uh, Carboy400, what if the ping on Raiders slowed for the whole team if another player scopes longer than X amount of time? That could get a little trollish with matchmaking, maybe in competitive, so then it'd be like, dude, quit hardscoping. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. I think I think it affecting the player doing it is the best way to do it. I think that's the best way. If you're just hard scoping a lane, your your pings from radar get slower and slower and slower and slower. So like 
it would really discourage people hard scoping. And if it was like, oh, well, wouldn't people just unscope and rescope really fast? So if they had like a quick scope or a quick snap sniper, they could just quick quick scope back in. No, you would literally have it on a debuff. The longer, however long you hard scope would be the amount of time you can't hard scope to reset your ping. Like how often it's pinging. So if you hard scope for five seconds and your and your radar pings start to slow down and you unscope and rescope, it's still going to be just as slow. You have to be unscoped for the amount of time that you were hard scoped. You see what I'm saying? Like you're letting, you have to let it reset itself basically. This would discourage people from just sitting there and just staring down a lane with a sniper or a scout. It would you would you would have to be a bit like greed, right? So many seconds for it to cool down, essentially. I don't know. I think that's a, I think that like I've I literally came up with that today. I think that'd be a really great way to keep radar from being too too influential. It, you know, too much of a here's where everybody is, and it also would really discourage people from just doing this. Just like, all right, guys, all right, here they come. Nope, they're not coming yet. All right, wait. All right, wait. All right, hang on. Hang on. Oh, here they come. Bam, 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 bam. Like I don't know. Hard scoping with snipers and scouts, and even bows. You know, some of the bows. Like I think that would just lead to a lot of frustration, given how fast you can die in the new in the new meta. Uh, SG yet one bear. What do you think was the reasoning Bungie chain trials at all? I'm not trying to be obnoxious, but I don't understand why they took such a facet of PvP and completely overhauled it. I think they looked at the Sweat community and the Guardian Con tournament, and I think, genuinely, they thought, let's replicate that. 4v4 is the preferred format for the Sweat's tourneys. It's what they did at Guardian Con, and I think because of that, they just naturally gravitated towards that. That's what I think happened. That's what I think happened. So, and it didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, the, the double primary, the double primary is one of the reasons it didn't work, right? You can't make that change. Like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to do what they did in D1, sweats tourneys, right? 4v4, they really liked it, right? Double primary. I mean, those guys, the way that they would use shotguns and snipers, I mean, and the way... The, the, just the speed too the speed with which they could move that we, we were a lot slower vanilla destiny at launch vanilla destiny 2 at launch so i just don't think you could you took the format of a game mode that worked really well in d1 for a variety of reasons and then you tried to jam it into a completely different game destiny 2 is a completely different game it wasn't like they if they would have suddenly taken trials and made it 4v4 in d1 it probably been pretty well received Guardian Con tourney was 3v3. No, it wasn't. It's 4v4. That, if it, it would have been probably pretty well received. They had have said, man, this 4v4 is pretty hot. I mean, like I said, it's what they were doing in the Sweats tourneys anyway. They would have liked it. It, it just, it, I don't know. There was something about it that worked really well. And I think when you take that format and shove it into Destiny 2, Destiny 2 was a completely different game. Like, literally. 100%. It wasn't the same game at all. So... There's the elephant in the room. Destiny 2 was a completely different game. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the same game at all. Double primary, slower movement, slower, like, abilities not showing up nearly as often, abilities being weaker. I mean, there's a there's a litany of things that makes Destiny 2 a humongous different game from, from, uh, from Destiny 1. And I think that needs to be considered. And that's why going back to 3v3 
isn't necessarily needed. People want that. And I think that's like, that's potentially the solution, potentially, since they're going back to a D1 format anyway. But to me, is it's like, if the Crucible gets closer to a D1 format, wouldn't you want to try 4v4? Wouldn't you want to try 4v4? It worked really well in the Sweats tourneys in D1. And if we're going back to closer to a D1 format, wouldn't you want to see if 4v4 works? I think map designs, one of the reasons it probably will never work because of the because of the ability of just two people to look at choke points you know so double or nothing what what do you know if anything about the ramen quest possibly coming to the game apparently in the next 30 minutes it could be showing up we're thinking it might be an introductory mission to forsaken i theorized maybe Cade's gonna leave the tower and that'll be kind of the beginning of that change i don't know Mac 2099, will the change to strikes make it harder to play with friends, help them level or limit the pool of players making certain level strikes unavailable? No, they said that this change will make more people available for matchmaking. That pool will always be full of people. Um, yes, during the preliminary weeks and, and like month where everybody's kind of leveling up and your friend's like a 340 and you're like a 420, uh, it might limit like, oh man, I just hit 440. I can't play with you anymore in strikes. Remember, there's a variety of reasons and ways to level up. So you could be like, well, let's not run strikes right now. Let's do this and this will catch you up. Or, A, we'll run the 400 stuff. We'll drag you through it and you'll get big drops. They said that if you run something under level, you're going to get bigger bumps to your light level, your power level. So, will the Call of Duty type radar work in Trials Comp? I don't think so. I think I think my idea with the ping and the, and the, the sonar would be a, a good thing to just try first. Uh, F, uh, HFK Eagle how long after Forsaken release will you wait uh, until dumping gunsmith materials into random rolled weapons uh, it's not even necessarily that it's not even necessarily that it's if dumping gunsmith materials into the gunsmith if there's a reason to do it am I getting mods am I getting guns am I getting resources I, I have over 10,000 so I'm just gonna wait and just watch. I'm sure there'll be some video like, be like, "Hey guys, Mesa Shawnee here," you know, and he's gonna like, he's gonna lay out a video on on like the the fastest farm for something, um, you know, something like that. We'll just wait and see, uh, Mr. Anderson. Since it's so hard for the non-PVP player to go flawless, what if they made it where you could just just need seven wins before you get three losses? I've always thought they should do that, and the way they could do it is, if you can get seven wins on the card before three losses, you can go, and you can get stuff, right? If you get seven wins and you go flawless, you either get double the stuff or adept stuff. This, again, is where you could bring in the adept differences, right? I'm I'm going to the tower. Yes, I'm getting cool gear. Awesome. I got seven wins and only two losses. Dope. I got seven wins and no losses. I get way better stuff than you. That's what they have now, says Wob. So if I get seven wins on the card and I'm not and I've not gone flawless, I can go all the way to the spire. I thought there was an area where I couldn't go where like the big face lady was and like the horse was walking around I didn't think you could go all the way there unless you got a flawless card you can't go to the flawless room I think that perception I don't have a problem with that I love the new format what I'm saying is it's the perception if everybody could go to that room right 
if everybody could go to that room and the difference was flawless people get adept gear or different color gear or something like it's 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 considered better and if you don't go flawless you still get pretty dope stuff I'm I'm getting at I don't want to have less opportunities for gear there's less opportunities for gear if you don't go flawless you don't get that last room and I think that causes people to check out they're like well we didn't go flawless just reset the stinking card right just reset the card and I think that's that's that that's uninviting I think people would be more likely and here's the thing I said this during D1 I think that the the casuals vacated trials after rise of iron came out when they figured out you couldn't you couldn't get the new gear you couldn't get the new gear from the bounties i think bounties kept a lot of casuals in the hopper i think a lot of casuals are like yeah let's just run trials we don't need to go flaw let's just do the bounties and so that was nice for the for the hardcore players because you know you periodically run into players that are just they're just in there doing the bounties they don't give a frick and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, the new bounties don't give you the new gear. And then as soon as people realized that, the weekend after Iron Banner, Trials was the sweatiest it had ever been, everybody said. Because all of the casuals were like, well, I leveled up with Iron Banner. I don't need the bounties from Trials. They were using the bounties from Trials to level up. The bounties the bounties hurt the general population because it was like, I can get the st- I can get the stuff. I have chances to get the stuff, but now I can't. Like I think it hurt. I think it really, really hurt trials. So bringing back bounties would help trials, and basically saying everybody who gets seven wins on a card can go all the way to the tippity tippity top of the spire and go in the really cool room. But if you go flawless, you get you you get it. You pull from a different pool of gear. You need to pull. You, it's gonna be adept, you know. Portal says, will there be any advantage to buying the annual pass before the first three content drops? No, no, they've not said anything. There's no reason to pre-order it. Now, they may do pre-order bonuses. I would encourage people, if you're on the fence, just wait and see. Watch me and other people play it in December when the first piece of annual pass stuff drops. Tomster says, do you think the new supers could make some old ones irrelevant? Um, no, because I think they know how to make something have trade-offs. Like the Superman Titan Slam, I don't think it's going to be a roaming super after you land the way that the traditional Titan Slam is. There you go, right? Trade-off. I've not seen anything that's going to make the other ones irrelevant. I've not seen anything yet that I that I think is going to do that. The original Eminem. What's the easiest way uh, to get to the place you are without the DLCs? I mean, the place that I am in the game would be to get the DLCs. If you want to be 399, you can't get any of this. You can't get, you can get, you can't get the sleeper. You could have these two guns and you could have this solstice gear, I think, but I don't know how they do the power level if you don't have the DLCs. Please no shoot. Do you think they're going to make four, uh, four man patrols instead of three? I don't think they're going to update all patrols, but I mean, we do know Dreaming City. We do know that the Dreaming City is going to have six-man patrols and and an activity called the the Blind Well, which is more more than a three-man activity. We're pretty sure it's a six-man activity from what we've heard. Uh, Cat4565, your thoughts on the bow? It looked like it tracked through the wall. Do you think drops that way or grind to unlock it? I'm fairly certain the one that was tracking through the wall was an exotic, and it got that perk after a crit kill. It didn't have that perk all the time. I'm fairly certain he said 
you don't have that perk unless you get a crit kill or a crit hit maybe maybe you had to get crit damage i can't remember it what the perk was not active all the time he didn't just have to like aim down the site and then magically he could see everybody that wasn't how as far as i know that is not how it was working um again limiting how often you can do it is probably a good thing you don't want people to basically just have an aimbot weapon you know although they could put on faux tracer and basically have that so <laughs> uh we'll see but i'm fairly certain there was a perk that was activating that, that gave him that ability i believe it was active when fully drawn i also thought i don't know i thought it was i thought it was after a crit hit or a crit kill um that they they got they got the tracing they could see through the walls maybe not the weapon see through walls without kills don't you need to maybe it is fully drawn then maybe it is fully drawn there's the disadvantage then maybe like you have so much time before you have to like release it or come out of ads it's delayed like box breathing you have to fully draw okay so that's what people are saying in chat i'm imagining then once fully drawn you got so much time before the arrow automatically shoots consumes your ammo or you have to come out of ads so the crit kill was related to the void hunter subclass okay okay Uh, Hmong says with um, with Gambit bringing PvP and PvE together should winning grant a better chance for drops if not would this create un- an undesired effect oh no yeah winning should definitely get you something winning in Gambit should definitely get you something higher rate chance of drop um, I don't know I it's just what what's the point of winning other than being like yeah we won I mean I don't know Usually, I've always thought that. I've always thought that winners should get a little extra something. Maybe a gambit rank, maybe more NPC rank with the gambit with the gambit NPC, which then opens up possibilities for you to get pretty awesome stuff. Something like that. I don't know. Last question from Alpha J Dog. We haven't talked about any missed test changes. We did uh, when I I did a flyover of the changes to the Eververse in my in my talk about the blog. We also talked about that last night. The Eververse is going to have the prismatic. Uh, the prismatic matrix for the entire season you can get one prismatic matrix a week for 250 glimmer you buy a 250 glimmer bounty you do that bounty you get the prismatic matrix you can still only stack those up to three again that enables you to go into the prismatic matrix and pick one item it will punch out and obviously then have those things becoming checked off as you get them to prevent duplicates Uh, there's three tiers of bounties that she sells and she sells them for bounty notes and you get the bounty notes from anytime you level up and get a like a, a bright ingram. You get those bounty notes. One bounty note will get you the tier one bounty, and that's but that's only going to give you uh, third, 20 bright dust. 20 bright dust. Now, if you save three notes, if you save three notes, you could do three tier ones, but you'd only get 60. You'd only get 60 bright dust, right? Three tier ones you know it's 20 each time or you can take those three notes and you can buy a tier two and you get 70 bright dust so going up to the next tier actually is a better conversion rate three single tiers is only going to be 60 one tier two is going to be 70 and then again lastly if you double instead of saving three notes if you save six notes if you did two tier twos you would only get 140 bright dust or you can save your six notes and buy a tier three and get 150 bright dust. So stacking your 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 notes and doing the harder 
uh, doing the harder bounties will reward you a better conversion rate on your notes to bright dust. Keep in mind, this isn't uh, this isn't an exorbitant amount of bright dust every single every single time you you know you're doing this every week. If you do your if you do your uh, you're well rested, you could basically get nine notes a week, which means what is that? If you do nine notes a week, that means every two weeks that's eighteen notes. That's on a two-week interval, you're doing about you're doing about uh, three, three of the tier three bounties because there's six every time. So six into the eighteen notes, that's three, right? So you're you're getting to do you're getting to do three of those three tier threes. That's that's four hundred and fifty bright dust every two weeks. You know, four hundred fifty bright dust every two weeks. That's nine hundred bright dust a month if you're doing it every time. Now again, that's not that much when things cost a thousand to two thousand bright dust. That's just another regular injection of bright dust. I dismantle stuff I don't want. Ghost ships, you know, shaders, uh, em- uh, transmat stuff. Eleven months from two switch. Thank you so much, dude. Almost an entire year. One more month to get a red badge. I have seven thousand seven hundred and forty-two bright dust. Right. So it's like, I'm dismantling ghosts I don't need, shaders I don't want, ships and sparrows I don't want, and I'm regularly getting that bright dust. And then add to that about 150, you know, th- about 150 to four. It's like, you know, it's 450 every two weeks, 900 a month. Yeah, you're just adding that on. That adds up. You know, every season, that's, that's a pretty good injection of regular just bright dust deliverable. By the end of the season, right? By the end of the season... That's, what is it, three months to a season, right? Three months to a season. That's... uh, 2,700 Bright Dust, because if you get the 900 a month... So at the end of a season, you should have 2,700 Bright Dust just if you do the bounties religiously. And that's perfect. Right at the end of the season, if there's some item that you haven't managed to snag or get yet, you go and you buy it. You know? We had a couple more questions come in. Uh, Mighty Mitten... Uh, if you get seven wins and less than three losses, maybe you should add a perk on the trials armor or gun that only unlocks if you go flawless. Would create incentive to play it more. Oh yeah, right. Like you get the gun, but that perk doesn't unlock until you go uh, flawless. Kind of like the armor in Souls of Heroes, right? Souls of Heroes armor had an intrinsic bounty. You do the bounty, you get the stuff. The gun you could get from trials. Hey, I got this. This is a dope gun. Ooh, this extra depth perk, or this thing doesn't open unless I go flawless. I like that idea. Real Links Ninja. How long do you think the existence of Tractor Cannon's void damage buff will impact the kinds of void exotic ability supers we get? It's clear the design team knows that it exists as some of the Icolos weapons are getting locked to solar. Given that they can lock abilities like that, I don't think you're going to see that happening unless it's an item that has a perk like Box Breathing or Trench Barrel. So, there's two... There's two you know, knobs in, in play here. There's a knob of like, how much perk power can we give a gun? Right? And then there's how much complementary power can we give another gun? So tractor cannon, melting point, tether. Those are complementary things that make your gun stronger. Well, if one knob goes a little too high, trench barrel, box breathing. Oh my gosh. The complimentary complimentary bonus from this thing over here is going to come over here and raise this too high. We got to keep that in place. We got to keep that in place. That's the only time I think you're going to see that happen. When the perk power of something is too empowered and too strengthened by 
the, the a complimentary a complimentary item or perk. So, Komato says, do you see crucible weapon bounties coming in at some point? Example, X number of kills with a pull scout, especially with the return of random rolls. I mean, maybe. Maybe. We already have seen bounties come back to the game. Bounties have already come back to the game. Shax and Zavala both have bounties. So, with Shax and Zavala both having bounties, I would think you're going to see maybe more diverse bounties come back or just some of the, you know, some of the more basic ones like that. I don't know. We'll see. I kind of like, I kind of like where bounties are right now. You just kind of grab them. And when you, you know, when you're done, you know, when you're done with, you're done with your crucible, I generally go and check my bounties and most of them are, you know, most of them are already done. I did, I did some strikes today, just, just a couple. And I only had two strike bounties left over. I didn't really focus on them. I'm not focused on them. I don't care that much. So it was like, you know, it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter. But if I was focused on it, I would go in and get all those kills, you know? I would go in and do that. So, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, as always, you can always watch my content live, twitch.tv slash rage. If you're here live, thanks for the question and answer. I'm going to chop this for YouTube and the podcast formats. If you're listening to this in those various places, I appreciate you watching or listening to my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.